0: Welcome back to another episode of uh Irish uh, Films TV and podcast uh, TV and uh, fi- what's that other thing? film podcast uh, on the Head Stuff Podcast network. Uh uh my name is Paul Butler Lennox and uh, I'm flying solo today as Paul Webster is doing other film orientated pursuits. Um so yeah, um some FNI related news uh, for those of you uh who are interested in making some contacts, networking and uh, I suppose pitching any kind of short film ideas or scripts that you may have in, in your sock drawer. Uh, come along to uh, F&I Pull Focus, which is happening in the Five Lamps, brand new, brand spanking new uh, facility and brewery on Camden Street. On the 28th of February, uh, we'll have points pitching and uh, a panel, uh, a panel of Industry professional people who will be there, uh, not to judge. Um, it's not a competition, but to talk, uh, pass on some uh, uh, experience and advices uh, for everybody that comes along. Uh, a bit of a chat, uh, an opportunity under no pressure, but under a clock to uh, uh, to pitch a project. You never know. Um, I mean, if you don't, if you if you don't really get anything from this particular session. Um it's a great opportunity to make contacts and uh you know uh i i suppose uh maybe find a collaborator on something down the line so um you know uh put your best foot forward come along uh keep an open mind and uh yeah have a nice cold pint of five lamps uh beer which will be available on the night as well massive thanks to our sponsors as always uh um the dublin business school who uh, provide our facilities for our classes and workshops um wildcard distribution which have been uh, an invaluable resource to to us over the last uh you know 6 months to a year and uh, uh, and and yourselves for listening sharing uh, you can subscribe on spotify uh, uh google podcasts apple podcasts stitcher or wherever you get your ear medicine um uh yeah, so please do that. Share with a friend. Um, if you'd like to buy us a coffee, you can buy us a coffee on www.buymeacoffee.com forward slash FNI. It's a Patreon thing. Buy us a coffee, then we don't have to ask you for money. That kind of thing. Uh, today, today in the studio, we have a uh, filmmaker uh, from Dublin um, by the name of a documentarian, I suppose is, is what we should call it right now. Uh, by the name of Willie Stewart. Willie, how's it going? Hello, how are you? Welcome home. Ah, thanks a million. This is uh, an unofficial (laughs) homecoming, I guess, isn't it? Uh, Yeah. uh, You're based in Leitrim? Yeah, since 2006. Yeah. Yeah. What's that like? It's great. uh, On the the banks of the the Shannons Yeah, really close
1: to the Shannon, yeah, yeah. No, it's good. No looking back.
0: Yeah. (laughs) You're right, too. Uh, Cheaper, I presume.
1: Cheaper, slower, more space. Yeah. Yeah, It's perfect (laughs) for, for creating... Nonsense and madness.
0: Yeah, well, that's what we do, isn't it? In, in this in this uh, industry. Um, tell us a little bit about yourself. How did you get into uh, ruining your life <laughs> in filmmaking? You mean <laughs> taking up
1: a project that's really expensive? Yeah. yeah.
0: Or, or you know, just dedicating a really long period of your time to get to some sort of emotional truth of a subject matter.
1: Whoa. Huh. Uh, yeah. Well, take, take your time. Yeah. Well, I suppose. Like, my background would be in sort of music originally. Like, I would have been going to gigs and putting on gigs and playing gigs in Dublin since the mid-90s. And then just coming up through that and getting into weirder stuff, kind of from punk into more experimental and more avant-garde stuff. And then, you know, always watching movies all my life. Like all of us, you know, you watch movies, you watch movies, you watch movies. And then you start thinking, huh, what's it like to make a movie? That might be cool. And then... Yeah, I started taking more of an interest in the idea of, of you know, becoming more visual than musical. Mm-hmm. And I was like, in my mid-30s, I was like, oh, maybe I'll go to film school because I, had, I hadn't been to college. So I was like, well, you know, go back as a mature student. Uh, and that was kind of proven to be kind of difficult and also very time consuming and very expensive. Mm. So I was like, well, I can just watch more movies <laughs> but for a reason, this time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and I started reading a lot more about movies, uh, just finding every book I could on directors and film history, you know, reading a lot of Sight and Sound magazine. And uh, then I started thinking about, well, the b- best way to learn is just to do. Mm. So I had a friend, uh, Seamus Connolly, who's working for Crossing the Line Productions in Greystones. Yeah. And We'd be hanging around, you know, watching movies, drinking beers, talking films, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, yeah, I got a new camera. And he had a, so he had two nice cameras now, nice lenses, plus an editing suite, plus all the skills that come with that. And I was like, well, do you want to, like, let's try something, you know. So I wrote a little short kind of ghost story and we picked a weekend and he came up to Leitrim and we shot that. Mm -hmm. And that was good crack. And then we, I filmed some uh, two music videos just on a camcorder. Mm-hmm. And then we projected those uh, off a projector onto a big screen and then refilmed those on his nice camera. And then we edited it and put the sound to it. And that was really cool. And then uh, I wanted to make a feature. I wanted to make a doc. And I had met the subject of my last doc, Ludo Mitch. <laughs> um, <laughs>
0: so... He, um, yeah, we became friends and... How does somebody like you meet someone like Ludo? Uh, I met,
1: yeah, (laughs) so I met Ludo, I found out about Ludo's work. Well, first of all, Ludo Mitch is a, uh, filmmaker, performer, painter, sculptor based in Antwerp in Belgium. He's in his 70s now. He's been active for, you know, since the early 60s, basically. Um, through mutual friends, I'd heard about his work, uh, Uh, LP of his uh, early film soundtrack work got reissued and that was kind of doing the rounds and I heard that and I was like whoa this is amazing who's this lad (laughs) and uh, I had friends who would put him on in the UK booked a tour for him Mm -hmm. and I wrote to him and I said oh I put on a festival out here in Leitrim called Hunter's Moon Festival it's all experimental blah 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 would you like to come over and play and he's like yeah sure absolutely so he came over And did his Irish premier gig in Carrick on Shannon. (laughs) And, yeah, spent the weekend with us. And, yeah, he went over, like, so well. Just, yeah, amazing. Yeah. And then I went on tour in Europe and we stayed with uh, Ludo and his wife Chantal for a couple of days. And we got to know each other more. And then I got to know more and more about his work and his history. And then I was like, whoa, that's it. There's my subject. Yeah. So...
0: Wow! Just wow! Well, uh, um, I watched uh, I watched the film last night. It's um, it's an incredible piece of work. In so far as I mean, you, you obviously followed the man around for five five years.
1: Followed him around mostly in the editing room. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I do, he doesn't seem like someone who would sit still.
1: Yeah, no, that's true. Yeah, he's got a lot of energy. He's very mm. enthusiastic, especially
0: at his age as well, which yeah. is even rarer. Um, what was, the, like, what was the rise was the tail? What did you want to achieve with the doc? Or was it, was there, did you have a, a did you have a, a yeah, I, I, I suppose it is, a, you know, doc, documentary filmmaking, generally speaking, is a jigsaw puzzle, which you, you know, you have an idea of how it'll look and then you put it together and then it is what it is. But did you have a narrative in your head as to how you wanted to represent him or what you wanted to achieve with it? Or how did you find your way into it?
1: Well, I suppose to truly represent a character like that Mm -hmm. because of his avant-garde approach to life and his work. Mm -hmm. I didn't want it to be too strict or linear or have too much of a narrative. Mm -hmm. But I also didn't want to make a full-blown art film. Yeah. Because if I was to make an art film about his art, it would be harder to get his story across. Of course, So it's not linear, but there is like chapters. It covers all the different aspects of his work over the years but it's quite free-flowing at the same time oh absolutely um, and that it very much is but yeah. but you don't get lost in it I don't think so yeah there was a couple of shoots we went over a couple of times me and Shami um, he was my primary cameraman on the job and then he he'd gotten to know Ludo too and so he you know he's, he's the second half of the film really we basically made it together you know a mm-hmm. um, couple of shoots over there And then a long time going through all his archive, you're talking like, you know, digital tapes, VHS. Jesus. CDs, DVDs, digital files, folders full of stuff. So we had to go through all of that, um, see what we could get digitized on his end. A bunch of his original cans are like locked away in the archive in Brussels. So we had to get stuff off them. And then throwing it all together, you know... Because I live in Leitrim, he lives in Wicklow. And we're doing this all, you know, there's no money involved. Mm-hmm. So it's like we're moonlighting, basically. Uh, <laughs> and it's like, if you have a spare few hours in the studio, can we get in and just, you know, do a, a few hours editing?
0: Bash, bash out what we can bash out yeah. with the time we have kind of thing. Yeah. yeah.
1: So there w- it wasn't like we had the timeline laid out. Like at one point there was post-it notes all over the wall. Yeah, yeah. But then we're kind of like, this is madness. I mean, we just have to keep watching stuff and see what flows and yeah so five years basically it was great it took that long because it was my first film Mm -hmm. so I had to I needed that time to figure it all out plus needed that time to really get to know Ludo and his family and for me and Jamie to figure out what we were doing we never there was (laughs) (laughs) there was no rush there was no deadline Mm -hmm. but then we did set a deadline Basically. Yeah. And well, then, yeah, you need one, don't yeah. you? So that was good. And then the last session was it was like a nine PM to six AM session basically to top and tail and
0: polish. Get and a, yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: So it was all a rea- you know, for me it was a learning experience. Yeah. Um and it was it was difficult because the subject matter and how we were trying to tell the story. Yeah. But yeah, it was good fun. It was great <laughs> and, and very, <laughs> very satisfying to have it done. And, I, you know, I suppose because of my DIY background and all the rest of it, I've, you know, I've just booked screenings, screening after screening.
0: I've noticed it's all over the place, right? Yeah. In the next particular, but you're off to the States now soon, I think, are you? Or it's screening in the it's, States? It's screened in the States a couple of times already. Just from,
1: like basically p- people like as marginal and underground as Ludo is, he's still, there's pockets of the world that know who he is. Yeah. And they got in touch. They wanted to screen it. And I did a week-long tour, Q&A tour in the UK last year. Right. And I've done one Dublin screening at A4 Sounds last year. Probably going to do another one because I'm going to do a launch for a DVD. Yeah. And yeah, it's just had, yeah, just loads of screenings. After so many years of working on it, I didn't (laughs) want it to just sit on a shelf. Of course. I was like, this needs to get out, you know. And there's people in Belgium still want to screen it.
0: Yeah, I suppose it, like even the subject matter of the doc in particular. Um, sc- uh, look, it's it, films are made to be seen, you know, mm. th- th- to be screened. So anywhere and everywhere it can be screened is a really positive thing. And sharing your, you know, your artistic vision and his is the most important thing. Yeah. Um, what? How do audiences react to it? Um.
1: Well. Most of the time, yeah, no, definitely. Um, people who don't know who he is, they become quite fascinated yeah. by him. Um, people who know who he is, they'll say, "Oh, it's a great, you know, document, and it's he really comes across." And yeah. you know, there's always a lot of laughter <laughs>
0: yeah. in the room. Yeah, I think. Th- I think that says a lot about the man as well. Insofar as he doesn't nec- like, he's self-effacing to a degree as well. He's not this serious avant-garde. Taking a shit in his hand and rubbing it on the wall, type artist. No, there's, there's there's a great deal of warmth and humor. Yeah, about the individual as well, which I think is important.
1: Yeah, he'd be very inspired by the Fluxus movement, right. which is just absurdity and humor. Yeah, and anarchy, mm-hmm. and he never takes himself too seriously.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, what was it? Uh, just in the movie, his uh, his son uh, tells an anecdote about how one of his mates describes him when he bumps into uh, after he's seen one of the shows I just I, I burst out laughing I was like <laughs>
1: oh yeah yeah." When what, he, what was it he says um, oh. he was filming him and he's like he's like hey like you know Ludo does a performance naked yeah and he bends over <laughs> and the guy's like whoa I can count your dad's hemorrhoids
0: <laughs> uh, look you, do, you don't really know a friend until they've seen your dad's asshole yeah you know? yeah it's
1: a father son moment, as uh, Rufus his son says at the end of
0: it, yeah <laughs> um wow, so what was it what was it like f- first and foremost what what was it like being in Antwerp for a, a consistent period of time working yeah, my, I suppose for a long time, my view of Antwerp was basically
1: the the mitch household, mm-hmm. so Ludo and his wife Chantal uh his daughter Juna and son Rufus. They don't all live together. You know, mm. they're, all, they're adults now. But uh, yeah, just, just the madness of, of just pure fringe, living on the fringes of art and society and just just making art and just doing art all the time. Yeah, yeah, there's non-conformists. N- there's, Yeah, there's nothing else. Mm-hmm. And there's a beauty in Antwerp that we don't really seem to have here, um, which is where the lowbrow and the highbrow meet... There, Yeah. Like there might be a noise gig in a, a gallery, but there'll be people there who are like established artists, yeah. older people, younger people, but they're professional artists, quote unquote. And then there's the students and then there's the people who are just making paper mache and setting it on fire, and <laughs> you know, th- like so they all come together because they all believe in this scene. -hmm. And you know, you're like, it's a small city, but the art scene is huge and it's all mixed and they all hang
0: out. Yeah, the the same can be said for other countries like Zurich and stuff as well. Zurich is perceived to be, you know, ultra conservative, but they have an incredible underground art scene, which is so vibrant. Yeah, it's just a pleasure to be around it because it's so it flies in the face of everything the country is known for. Mm. It it sounds very similar. (laughs) how? <laughs> so, did you? St- what did you? Sh- you were shooting with what you had, I'd imagine where you, wherever you had it, kind of thing, whatever cameras were available, or did you shoot on the same equipment all the time over same the equipment
1: all the time? Basically,
0: yeah, Jamie's cameras. Okay, um, and he borrowed some,
1: you know, mics off his work and stuff. Right. Um, so yeah, I mean it was a crew of of two. Yeah. Basically.
0: Well, that's documentary,
1: isn't it, yeah. a lot of the time? Sometimes it's just you. And and at the time, I know a lot of filmmakers were say, oh, I started like this, but when things got bigger, I realised, whoa, you actually do need all these people around you helping out. Mm-hmm. But, you know, at the time, th- two people was enough. It
0: was grand. <laughs> <laughs> More than enough, I'd say, especially if, well, m- nobody really gets much money for documentary, but if it does come to that down the line. um. <laughs> So many questions. It's like a, it's like of Tetris <laughs> in my head trying to pull one out here. Um, what what kind of re- long term relationship have you forged with somebody like that, working on a project like this?
1: With Seamus no, or with, Ludo? No, with Ludo in particular. Well, I guess it's a. a you know, I still uh, we were over there a couple of months ago. We did a second Antwerp screening, mm. and than the first screening for Brussels but like yeah and I've de- I feel like I've been I've just been over there so many times I suppose and you know I, w- I will go back again of course mm-hmm. because it's just like visiting friends we're yeah. we're lifelong friends mm-hmm. um and we're always in touch you know on Facebook and stuff um, yeah I don't think it'll just be like there I've made the film that's fine I'll see you later mm-hmm. you know it was quite personal and intimate the whole thing so yeah we are just be mates forever. well you've,
0: you've seen parts of them that other people will never see yeah <laughs> um how did you obviously it's screening in lots of different types of spaces and stuff like that and it's going to go over to the states as well um what's it is there a difference in terms of audience reaction to when it screens in an art studio, or I'm assuming it's screened in, in some sort of mm-hmm. a cinema along the screening uh, run so far. Is there a difference? Do people, do more conservative audiences, what kind of conversations are you having with them afterwards um, as opposed to kind of the arts uh, sector? The arts?
1: Well, it's, it's actually, yeah, like it's so there's been cinemas, spaces, there's been DIY spaces, there's been back rooms of bars, there's, it's, was at a living room in a B&B <laughs> in Shropshire in the UK. So there's been a, a whole mix yeah. of places. But overall, the audience seems to be quite similar. And I find the hardest audience to get out to see it um, is art students. Oh, OK. Um, because I've had lecturers, like, you know, people from universities come and say, I want to show this to my class. Mm-hmm. Um, would you come and give a talk? about your process or, Mm -hmm. you know, there was a, somebody from the the Institute at The Hague wanted me to come over and talk about, you know, my research process because she was kind of head of research and art. So there's been some academic screenings and academic offers and stuff. And then there was a screening in Amsterdam recently and there was some art students there and they wrote me an email and were like, you know, we're at your screening. It was absolutely incredible. Blew our minds. We've never thought about art that way. It was so freeing. Mm-hmm. You know, asking me all these questions, and then they travel to Antwerp to interview Ludo themselves.
0: Oh, okay. Um,
1: for their own own.
0: That must be interests. very very satisfying, though, is it? Yeah,
1: Just I mean, that's amazing. Yeah. That was really amazing. Um, yeah, very satisfying. Yeah, yeah. Um, and course. it's also cool to think that that like, people want to show it in art academies. That's really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, because I guess it is, the film a portrait about this artist, but it also gives you a history. A little history into the underground scene in Antwerp, mm-hmm. um, because it does cover quite a, a lot of his archive. But yeah, it, overall, I mean, it's been pretty. There hasn't been a particular audience that was more conservative than another. It's all been quite, quite similar. Yeah. Except yeah. that I, there was a screening in Huddersfield, and somebody <laughs> uh, overheard somebody outside going, "Was that was that supposed to be a documentary?" Cause I didn't learn anything.
0: You're talking about it, Paul. You know, <laughs> yeah. That's the point.
1: It's like, is that is that? Oh, okay. So yeah, I did, yeah. That was weird, but it was funny.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Do you have like? Yeah. I, I mean, obviously, you're learning as you were going because this is your first kind of feature length, I suppose, Doc. Uh, do you have a creative process, like, specifically? I mean, what what inspires you to work? I suppose the just the, the process of it
1: mm-hmm. is enjoyable. Mm-hmm. And then having the finished product is amazing. Of course, yeah. And then people watching it. I mean, it's such a joy. You know, it's like one of the best things in the world. Yeah. Um yeah yeah like it's not really motivated by anything else even though like money would be amazing but <laughs> that's not the that's not the reason I started to, you know wanting to become a filmmaker I know a lot of people do which is madness mhm but
0: yeah just well there's a lot of money to be made in kind of you know um commercial documentary now you know to the point where the truth which is what it's supposed to be about, is no longer relevant. Yeah.
1: Well, I suppose if you can get Netflix to
0: fund you, you're on the pig's back. You can make it up as you go along, right? Yeah. Um, Influences, the filmmaking influences any films or filmmakers that influenced you over the years? Yeah.
1: So basically, the filmmakers that influenced me are the ones that just picked up the camera and did it. Uh, I suppose Charles Burnett. Okay, yeah. um, Killer of Sheep. Yeah, just yeah. a mind-blowing <laughs> film. Um, John Cassavetes. Yeah. I mean, I know he definitely had a few bob, but, you know, he still just picked up a camera and tried to improvise an entire film. I no, he just did it. Yeah, he, he
0: yeah, grew up off his arse. So Herzog,
1: similarly. You yeah. Know. Um, Vivian Dick would be a huge influence. Um, the Kuchar brothers mm-hmm. and their kind of early, like,
0: 60s, 8mm and 16mm. Yeah, there's th- th- that extravaganzas com- that came up a lot in, in, in previous uh, conversations with doc uh, filmmakers in particular. I mean, how did, how did they even make documentaries when you were so concerned about the amount of film that you had, the amount of stock that you had? You know, yeah, the luxury of letting it roll and roll and roll we have now, whether it be from you know, DV tapes right up to digital now or. I mean, it's it's a luxury, you yeah. Know, but you know, because I know Cas-
1: Cassavetes had was shooting miles of stuff. <sighs> Do you know, like I think his film Husbands there there could be three or four versions of that movie with totally different narratives because he had so much stuff. Like it's mental, <laughs> <laughs> but like you know, he he was he was making good money as an actor to fund his films, so I guess he could afford it. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, Shirley Clark would also be an influence. Just her creepy <laughs> portrait <laughs> films he's done right <laughs> but yeah like but again I mean she just she just did it she just picked up the camera and just did it so that would be that was my kind of film school yeah um, yeah Herzog as well
0: mm-hmm.
1: but not so much Herzog and I, loads of people would probably say this after reading anything Herzog writ- has written it's it's not him as a filmmaker it's just him as, yeah, a him, as of, attitude, yeah, him as an attitude him as a figure a, yeah. as a motivation or as a philosophy yeah so, yeah mm. what,
0: what was the first f- we, we asked this of a lot of people that come on, what was the first film you remember seeing in the cinema
1: whoa the first one I'm not sure
0: or I suppose tangible film memory from the youngest age
1: like Beetlejuice <laughs> That says a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Michael Keaton plays the part of Ludo Mitch yeah. in the, the biopic. <laughs> um, and then I think, what was the Michael Jackson one? Was it Moonwalker? Moonwalker, yeah. yeah. That's so dark. remember my dad took me to that, Still Oregon. It's
0: fucking so dark, that film. Like even now, it's so dark. Like it's multi-layered now more so than ever but, right. but you know it's a fun anyway maybe one of the Star Wars movies
1: about a birthday party maybe yeah. do you know that way I can't remember exactly but I would have been down at the local Extravision video shop a lot yeah as well mm-hmm. but yeah <laughs> I must think on that that's a hard question because I remember that it's probably the form cinema in Sandy Cove yeah which is apartments now yeah
0: it's gone that often comes up yeah no, honestly, it's it's referenced a lot um, uh, among a lot of the other lovely, uh, uh, from an architectural point of view, beautiful buildings that no longer are in, exi- are in existence in this, well, in this city in particular. Yeah. In this county, rather. Um, what's the most important lesson you learned making this film?
1: <clears throat> oh,
0: I never said it was going to be easy. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I think I'm still figuring it out because sometimes I think, what it's if not over yet though is what it? if we had set two weeks for the edit? It wouldn't have been the same movie, mm-hmm. you know, I think what I've learned is don't especially if it's a if it's a doc, really spread out your your editing times so it gives you enough time to really think about stuff and try things out yeah, um time, I've definitely. Realize the importance of that. Because if we had to rush that edit and not explore as much as we got to, it would have been different, Mm -hmm. you know, because even there was uh, a shoot we did that was completely impromptu because we were actually going over. uh, My band was going to play a gig for his daughter's 30th birthday in Antwerp. We went and Seamus came too, and he just brought his camera and he got gold. And that this was after? No, this was, this was while we were in post. Okay. And he just said, well, bring the camera anyway. Yeah, you And, know. you know,
0: I, I, yeah, I never, yeah. That, so, so shaking your heads reluctantly, going, well, we're going to have to go back in and put this in. Yeah, that exactly. A of stuff. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Not, not knowing, you know, th- don't think there's an end date really is probably a good thing to think about,
0: do you know? Yeah, well, 90% of films go back for reshoots, you know?
1: Yeah. <clears throat> like I just filmed, I just finished up a, like a 30 minute film called uh, Blackbirds Slowed Down. And it's basically my visual response to two musicians from different backgrounds on a residency together at Glor in Ennis. Right. And it was, it, there wasn't so much stuff. It was just a three day shoot and I kind of had a fair idea. And there was a set time for the edit, but it was different. It was a bit more compact. Mm-hmm. Whereas there wasn't as much exploring to do as there bit was, bit more tidy. The, yeah, and
0: you're like this is too easy. Yeah, <laughs> w- 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 yeah. Why am I not having panic attacks at two o'clock in the morning? Yeah, kind of thing.
1: But I'll tell you, even for a thirty minute one, with when you have a fair idea what you want to achieve, three days wasn't enough. Do you know, mm-hmm. so. But yeah, time giving yourself plenty of time.
0: <laughs> um, was there? A, did you have a very succinct, uh, clear moment? where you recognize that filmmaking wasn't just a hobby. You're like, okay, well I'm fucked now.
1: Yeah. Um this year <laughs> <laughs> uh when I was really struggling with the idea of giving myself a title mm-hmm. um calling myself a filmmaker. Labeling yourself yeah, or something. That yeah, was yeah. something that was weird. Yeah yeah. Um but like because it's because I've traveled so much with the film and done so many screenings and Q&As and I've already got another film under my belt and I'm a, you know I'm doing research for the next one now I'm kind of feeling like well this is what I seem to be doing all the time now so maybe yeah. I'm ready to call myself a filmmaker
0: like yeah you you know you've backed two or three <laughs> horses in the race now yeah. so you have to set it out like
1: uh, because, yeah we were when we were in Brussels we approached uh, Nova Cinema for the screening the Ludo Ludo was fantastic is the name of the film by the way yeah sorry we were going together <laughs> and, and, and how you can watch that at the end um, and I went to open the door and there was somebody who worked at the cinema said oh sorry we're closed and uh, Ludo's wife said no no <laughs> this is Willie Stewart the director and I was like oh my god mortifying oh no and then the guy said oh sorry sorry and opened the door for us I was like oh Jesus
0: it, it does actually open doors yeah Literally, being a director and working in the film industry opens doors. There you go. Yeah, there you go. There you go, folks. Always say, I'm a director. Yeah. This is Seven, Seven, the director. Um, so you're still not comfortable with that, I can say. I'm hesitant. Yeah. But like,
1: you know, it's this weird thing. It's like, well, are you a filmmaker when you get paid? Or are you a filmmaker because, you know, majority of your time is spent working on mm. film, either writing things down, researching watching films or, or or, you know having this conversation
0: well imagine if you're a serial killer okay hypothetically uh-huh. and you're like thinking <laughs> about killing people all the time watching a lot of uh, dark material dark web type stuff at what point do you cross over and you're you know a murderer
1: oh, I, I yeah. guess when
0: you murder somebody
1: yeah <laughs> So you're saying after you're first, it's okay to give yourself a title.
0: I guess so, yeah. Right. I mean, if it's something that, like, if it becomes obsessive to you in any way and you have a finished project, there's yeah. no, like, like, look, I mean, it's not, it's not set in concrete. It doesn't have to go on your tombstone. But, I mean, it is certainly something that you would be categorized as. Yeah. That doesn't mean that you need to be categorized only as that. I, like a, a lot of people that come on this podcast in particular, do they wear a lot of different hats. The problem with this country is that people are not comfortable with people being very good at lots of different things. Yeah, that's uh, true. And, and that also, I think, raises the hesitancy in people to say, oh, I don't know, I'm not really an actor. No, you are an actor, you act, you're an actor. You're a director, you direct. That's what you do. Um, uh, but you can do other things and do them well. And fuck them for making you feel as if you can't do that. Or yeah. you can't call yourself
1: that. That's good old-fashioned Irish begrudgery. Yeah.
0: yeah. Um, fuck them.
1: Yeah. Well, I just put a, a new website up mm-hmm. and it says I'm a filmmaker on it. So, fuck it.
0: Yeah, there you go. Here we go. But not quite a tombstone, though, yet. So, yeah. we'll hold on to, uh, on, for, on to that for a while. <laughs> uh, what's coming up down the pipeline after, obviously, you have the 30-minute uh, film? Uh, what are you working on long-term? Where do you, where do you see yourself in uh, five years, uh, William? Five years. Wow. What's the the long-term objective? You've got some fucking funding, I'd imagine.
1: Get some money together. Yeah, exactly. Um, I could, you know, um, working on a new thing, um, which will take a lot of research. Mm. Um, And I could, you know, I could just grab the camera and just go for it
0: right now. Mm -hmm.
1: But then am I going to end up with a load of footage that I don't have the money to, to cut?
0: You know, <laughs> this came up actually in our documentary class last week, um, and they very much, you know, it's, it's different horses for courses kind of thing, obviously. But don't think it hel- I don't think it harms rather to have something there to to bring into a funding body to say, look, this is where we. Are. I wouldn't go crazy, yeah, shoot the whole thing because they'll try and turn you down a different avenue. I'd imagine which they often do. Yeah, but I don't think it does any harm. Per I, se.
1: Got, I got shortlisted for the um the real art. Okay, very good. With the Arts Council. Lovely. But in the interview, um, I basically, ju- I think, just didn't have the experience as a filmmaker compared to other people who had applied. So I uh, I didn't get it. Okay. Um, somebody else did, who probably came across as a bit more confident. I don't know about that.
0: Bull- <laughs> Maybe better at bullshitting. That's something else. Yeah,
1: well, I wasn't going to say cocky or arrogant, but.
0: Perhaps. Well, I don't know who won that, so I'm not. I don't have skin in this game. But um, yeah.
1: But it was still cool to get your list. Is that was a confidence booster.
0: Yeah, it's a, it's, it's a, you know, kick up the arse, isn't it? Right. But yeah, funding definitely. I
1: mean, I could like to go back to your question about what I have learned. I've learned that I probably wouldn't put myself through that again mm. without money, because mm-hmm. I had to work odd jobs to fund the flights, etc. Mm-hmm. So you know, to have the freedom to do all that and not have to work jobs to fully commit
0: mm-hmm. with a bit of funding, that would be amazing. Mm-hmm. That would be, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A really good pal of mine spent about two, maybe three years working on a duck. with... it's, a, It's an example of going too far down the other road, you know, to the point where it's a huge project and the only way you get it finished is by funding. And he got everybody he needed like access you know to everybody he needed interviews with top people without going into too much detail ostensibly made 70% of a duck, which is as marketable as any duck you'll ever see because I've, I've seen it and yeah just to be told by the powers that be that it's a non-runner and then you're left in fucking limbo oh. so that's the other side of that but should it should other people's experiences deter people? Well, I mean, we I don't
1: know. think th- if it's 70% done, you just got to start asking for favours. Mm. Do you know, like, you just got to get it sorted, get it edited and do what you can with it and then book screenings.
0: Yeah. Just I mean, that's it.
1: what I did. I mean, there can't, there's no way I could live in a
0: world where I'm told that this isn't a goer. Yeah. That's just no way. I suppose the issue with that one was that you'd need... Money is not necessarily to finish production in any capacity or even post. It's about getting clearances for stuff, you know? Ah, right. Say if you're using stock and you're using, you know, archive and things like that, where it's just... it's so Like, in terms of the people involved and the projects that might have been focused on, it's like, in order to clear that, that's 20 grand, you know? Yeah, I've seen the price list from the RT archives. It's balubus From... The seconds, the minutes. Oh, it's it's crazy. They can be good, though. I mean, I wouldn't let people, I wouldn't let, peop- I wouldn't let um, just from experience through some colleagues of mine recently, I would say that they are amenable to talking about this stuff based on the circumstances of something. Okay. Never, like I would say, you know, chance your arm, ask, go in, barter, tell them what you need it for you know if it's altruistic or or charitable in any way there's it, there are ways around these things and fight your corner okay or get the chattiest person on the project to get in there and you know <laughs> you, like what you're paying for is the member of staff to go down with you and uh, open up the the ark of the covenant as it were that's what you're paying for right um <clears throat> speaking of advice uh, what advice would you give the 18 year old uh, William Stewart Willie Stewart keep doing what you're doing because you'll eventually make a film <laughs> <laughs> did you have like was there was there was something gestating even back then unbeknownst to yourself 18 I
1: was definitely in the throes of music yeah um playing gigs doing the whole bit um you know, just pretending that the leaving cert just wasn't a thing that yeah, happened. <laughs> you know, that was a
0: joke, like... Um, I still have nightmares about the leaving cert. Yeah. I'm nearly 40. I I have nightmares about the leaving cert still.
1: They start leaving around 39, 40, though. They will leave you eventually. I was like, fucking...
0: Pa- like, well, I dropped <laughs> down the pass, mat, sir. What am I going to do there? Yeah. Um, which are ne- which I've subsequently realised mean fucking nothing. Yep. Nothing.
1: Yeah, you can go back if you can go to college if you want to. You shouldn't have to decide whether you want to do it until you're in your twenties at least, because mm. you waste so much time, like
0: becoming an adult, yeah. just doing everything else but college. Yeah, it's a, you, you find yourself in a constant state of anxiety or fight, fight or flight about these things, and yeah. it's like, I like uh, advice, you know, to young people. Travel, meet people, see the world. Exactly. Be a person first.
1: Yeah, yeah. But no, the fi- the filmmaking thing didn't, I didn't think about it for a long. Well, I used to skateboard a lot when I was younger. Okay. And I got really into the, the skate videos that you could buy. Mm-hmm. And that was a thing that probably was my first, like, inspiration. Because I, then I rented a video cam. You know, you could rent a video camera yeah, with yeah. the big VHS tapes. And I filmed my friend skateboarding, totally with the idea of editing that into a skate video.
0: Yeah, Unbeknownst to yourself. Yeah, that and you, I didn't, that didn't was fil- filmmaking. that's filmmaking. Mm-hmm. Do you know? But I,
1: yeah, I didn't really think about it at that way. But it totally—it's the same process. There's nothing different. Mm-hmm. It's a documentary, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I filmed a bunch of stuff like that, but then yeah, that, but then the music thing took
0: over everything for a long, long time. Yeah, they're not a. Do you see them as separate creative entities, or very much inform the other? music and film?
1: Well, I feel like they're, they're pretty separate. Like, I'm definitely leaning way more towards film as a creative output now than I was music. Mm-hmm. Um, it depends on what kind of music you make. You know, my approach to, to the last two films was very improvised, and I do play, like, improvised music sometimes. So, yeah, there's that approach. Or if you've got that head on you mm-hmm. and you just look at it as a visual thing as opposed to an audio thing, yeah. yeah, there's there's similarities, but they yeah. I, I'm seeing them seeing them pretty separately at the moment. Okay.
0: Yeah. Any ambitions to do some narrative based stuff or drama, anything like that, at any point? Or are you just like give me a fucking minute? Just call myself a filmmaker. <laughs> yeah, I, d- I
1: suppose. It, yeah, like the idea of writing a script seems quite daunting because mm-hmm. there's a whole process behind that. <laughs> do you know? editing it testing it blah 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 um and then seeing if it works and getting actors and mm-hmm. like but yeah i would love to make something fictional but it w- it would probably be sort of abstract mm-hmm. and maybe a bit experimental but then again
0: uh, you never know yeah well i mean there's room for all sorts of narratives right yeah i mean larry clark wonderful example of that um how his work has been Interpreted and Harmony Crane, and I mean, there's so many different ways of working. Yeah, like you don't have to be con- confined to a script, uh, you know.
1: Gummo would, I mean, I think Gummo is a masterpiece. Yeah, me too. Like, I saw it when I was
0: a teen, and it blew my mind.
1: Yeah, and you're, and you're like, it should be really difficult. Um, this should be too artsy and difficult, mm-hmm. but for some reason, he manages to make it really accessible. Yeah, there's a story in there somewhere.
0: But it's so artsy. like. But it's a human story, fundamentally. It's, yeah. a, it's, a, it's about some very set-upon individuals in life. It's also you know? not
1: pretentious and self-indulgent as well, no, which a lot not. of experimental stuff is. Mm-hmm. And you're just like, someone should have told you that this doesn't work. But there's a great, there's it's a gra- too long. Yeah,
0: there's a great humanity in it. That's what yeah. draws people in. Um, yeah, and I mean... Yeah, I mean, Charlie Kaufman. He's actually over for the Dublin Film Festival, actually. Oh, cool. He's I don't know if tickets are still available, but head over to the Virgin Media International Dublin Film Festival website for that. I, I think there's a Q&A in a panel uh, since we're touching on that. Um, yeah. Um, quick one for you. I know it's very early on in your career. How do you, because you've had to deal with it recently, deal with rejection? Hmm. Or in life in general. You know, music, I suppose, in, a, in all your creative endeavours, how how, how how do you get a handle on that? Well, I suppose, the fir- yeah, the
1: f- I suppose applying for funding with the Arts Council and not getting it, I, I kind of, I think there's a part of you that knows not to get too excited. Mm-hmm. So it's, you know, even getting shortlisted, though, was pretty wild. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> and that's like what a sixty or an eighty grand budget or something, isn't it? Something. Yeah, like that? yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. Um, and then not getting it. Yeah, I mean, it's disappointing. On a surface level, of course, it's just disappointing. Yeah. But you know, you don't, you don't plan on getting it. Of course. Yeah. yeah. So you just, yeah, I just kind of dealt with it. I was like, okay, fine. Do you know, doesn't mean I'm not going to keep going. But mm-hmm. it would have been nice. Um, but it also felt like. It was a relief as well, yeah, because of the restrictions involved with that kind of grant. It has to be made in a year.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Can't be too much like this. Can't be too much like that. And you're like, okay, that's grand. But uh, yeah, I mean, that's like rejection. Yeah, that's the only real major rejection I've had so far, because mm-hmm. because um, I've had total control over all my other projects. Um, but yeah, ah, uh, you know, there'll be more. <laughs>
0: <laughs> there will. I
1: think it's part when you when you're. When you're engaging in this sort of culture where it's a privilege to mm. be an artist yeah. and it's a privilege to make this work and yeah. get paid for it,
0: um, there's going to be a lot of rejection. Oh, absolutely. I mean, we had somebody in here a couple of weeks ago and they were like, we're talking to them about their perceived successes about something that's coming out. And they're like, well, I was in fucking two days ago and I got rejected for funding, you know, which we all thought was a f- we were shoo- we were shoo- in for. Yeah. So, you know, it never changes. Yeah. You're never on the pig's back. And it doesn't matter what reputation you have. Sometimes you just don't get it and it's not fair.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm fine with that. Yeah. Because I'm not qualified to do anything else. So, yeah, I'd rather do this than, I don't know.
0: Well, we persevere. And we that's, do. That's the name of the game. Yeah. Um so, uh, if anybody is interested in seeing the film, it's called Ludo is Fantastic. Um, it's uh, it's about the artist uh, Ludo Mitch. Mitch? Mitch? I'm uh, pronouncing that correctly. There's a number of screenings all around the place, and, and we do have listeners um, uh, all dotted around the place. Uh, there's a screening on the 24th of January in Los Angeles. Oh, uh, that was l- there last year's. Oh, oh that's not yeah, last year's. Yeah. Okay, sorry. It just yeah. says, oh, yeah, pardon me.
1: But there will be... There's there will be some more Irish screenings coming up, so you can just check, yeah, on the website either my website, williestewart.org, or ludo is okay, or follow the
0: ludo is fantastic Twitter. Yeah, you can get everything first hand on Twitter, right? Yeah, yeah, so uh, that'll be the most current yeah. updates. So basically, yeah, uh, uh, I made a massive mistake there, but there's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, there's 25 odd screenings, so yeah, keep an eye out for it. It's it's uh <laughs> It it's 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 a really eye opening uh, experience and really 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 brave filmmaking. Uh, keep an eye out for uh, Willie Stewart uh, uh, because he's going to be getting some funding really soon. Uh, thanks, so much for coming crossed. in. Thank you. Cheers, mate. Thank you.